This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get reward points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. from this, they are through to the final. And Huddersfield are there. Darren Bullock is the hero. This episode is once again sponsored by the brilliant Magic Rock Brewing. Currently, if you're in lockdown and you need a couple of beers, uh, Magic Rock are offering uh, next day delivery for all orders over £40. No voucher codes needed. Uh, just head over to uh, the website, which is www.magicrockbrewing.com forward slash shop. And also keep an eye out on social media over the next couple of weeks as well. There'll be some more packs and uh, a few interesting things on the horizon as well. Right, welcome to another lockdown episode of the Andy Takes That Chance podcast. Uh, today, myself, Mark, Cosy, and Neil continue our cult hero section with an all-action midfielder signed from Nuneaton Borough for a reported £55,000. He then went on to make over 150 town appearances in all competitions, scoring 20 goals. A key figure in Huddersfield Town's 94-95 promotion chasing side and later joined the illustrious group of players to captain Huddersfield Town. It's Darren Bullock. So welcome, Bully. Hi, hello, boys. Nice to be here. Can we call you Bully? Is that all right? Yeah, that's fine. It's, it's really funny when, when you see players from, from the past and everyone calls, calls them names and you just you, you kind of feel like you know, we know you already. Yeah, you know? so yeah. It's, it's kind of a funny thing. Um, right, okay. Before we get going and too far into the podcast, I think it's only right that we take a, a brief moment for uh, two Huddersfield Town legends that have passed uh, this mm. last week. Uh, Trevor Cherry uh, sadly passed away and, and George McAllister, the physio as well. So Trevor Cherry, uh, a huge legend of, of Huddersfield Town, captained Huddersfield Town to promotion to the top flight in 69-70. Uh, went on to have a brilliant career with Leeds, uh, England and Bradford City as a manager. Um, a really top guy as well by the sounds. And, uh, and later joined Huddersfield as a, an associate director as well. And George McAllister, the physio under the Mick Buxton era. A very happy time for Huddersfield Town and up to 1993 as well. So um, our best wishes and condolences go to both families. Yeah. Matt, I know uh, George McAllister's son well. He's He was the head physio at Yorkshire. He works in Manchester City now in their academy as well. So 
kind of like father like son obviously brought him up to be a physio as well so doubly uh, hurt really in that as well so what sad loss it, it shows how fickle life is really because I, I was in um, I was lucky enough to be in director's box for the QPR game at home in February and I was sat three seats away from Trevor Cherry and he looked fit as a fiddle you know a nice, nice bloke very unassuming um, and then yeah that news it's just it's no age either really is it now 72 especially when we're fitting well and it, you know it's, uh, I totally agree just really, really sad, especially on the back of. I know, I know he did well at Leeds, Trevor Cherry, obviously, not on the back of Norman Hunter dying last week. It's uh, mm. a sad time for legends and English football, really. No, yeah, I, t- yeah. I totally agree with you there. Um, I met Trevor a few times, um, and he always, he was very polite and uh, lovely spoken. Always had, you know, good words about myself and all the things that I was doing right or wrong. He always put, called me to one side at times. And he was a lovely bloke. I really, you know, I really got on with him really well. When I, whenever I did see him or speak to him, he was a lovely fella. And you know, my deepest condolences to his family and all that's connected with him. It's 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 a sad time at the moment with with everything that's going on in the world and you know with football and other things and people just dropping off the off the face of the earth for no reason. To be honest with you, like you just said, seventy two is no age, no. you know. And I'm, my dad's seventy two. He's still <laughs> lucky enough. He's still working. Um, we're still doing the, the window cleaning job that, that I had, well, that I've still got the business that I've still got. He, he gave me before I went into the pro game. Um, and he's still working. He's 72. So it's frightening for him, for myself, for him, and for myself. I'm 51. And, you know, it's, 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 a, it's a strange old time at the moment for everybody concerned. I think one of the saddest things for me, we like to Norman Hunter and Trevor Cherry as well, is that they would have had funerals that would have been attended by the oh. masses football you know the top brass in football mm. would have been there and they're going to get you know half a dozen members of their own 10 people at least that's it you know that, it's just it's, 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 really sad for all families but for those yeah i totally agree it's a crying shame and at the end of the day like i said in you know what do they do after they did they have a, a remembrance for him or a remembrance for the pair of them or whatever you know it's it, it's not the same is it you know you, you 10 or 11 people just allowed in you know you but there's probably thousands on thousands that would have turned up to the funeral. It's wrong, doesn't it? Yeah, we lost someone uh, from the Millbridge bus bully. You might remember uh, we came down to Malvern Town quite a few years ago now, probably 10, 12 years ago. Yeah. Uh, I think we played at Yeovil. We'd have such a drink. I can't even remember whether we were Yeovil, York City by the end of the night. But <laughs> we stuck Malvern Town dry. And uh, yeah. yeah, Stephen Thompson, we lost him last week as well. And like you say, it's... Uh, Never. It's so sad. And it's, it's, uh, his daughter came on uh, the Facebook last night and just said, thanks, guys, for giving him the best Saturdays that, that he could give him because he loved being oh. on the bus. And, uh, it would have been yeah, bloody hell. That's, that's, yeah. that's a shock to me, that is. Yeah. Bloody hell. Oh, yeah, bloody hell. Bloody hell, because commiserations to his family. Absolutely. So let's let's move on to... Um, it feels bad almost moving on to football after that. But let's let's move on to um, the road to Huddersfield Town, Wally, for mm. you. Um you did it the hard way in many ways. Uh, you know, these days yeah. you, get, you get young players. What they have is they get a lot given to them through the academy, and then they'll come up through <laughs> the academy system. And I call I call it silver spoon in the mouth. Exactly. Yeah, maybe a golden spoon. And yeah. um, but you did the hard way. You had to play for Malvern Town and and mm. and Borough. Um, how did the move to Huddersfield come about? Then how did you get to Huddersfield Town? Um, just tell us about the pathway that you took, really, and how and how the move came. Oh. About. Well, I, I, I was 15, 14, 15, and I, I joined the side where I'm from, Worcester City, um, at 13, 14. And I got into the reserves, into the, into the reserves when I was 15. 
and I moved into the first team when I was 16 at Worcester. Um, I was, a, I'll say the least, I was a bit of a hot head, of a bit of a nutter, a bit of a so. So I, I was, I didn't have a, didn't have a pathway, didn't have a road where I, where I wanted to go. I was always, you know, flitting from here to there, to from there to here. It was all, it was, it was crazy. Um, I had my first child, my daughter, um, when I was 18. Obviously, I was still at Worcester at the time. I moved to Malvern. Um, broke up with her called Graham Salby, the manager at the time. Um, I had two great seasons there. Um, and then I went back to Worcester for six months, eight months. And went to Redditch, local soldier around Worcestershire. Um, and then, obviously, George Rooney was at, Mal- at, Wor- at Worcester at the time. When I went back the second time, took me to Nuneaton. Um and I was 20, 22, coming up 22. And um, I said, I said to the wife, I, I was married at the time. I had the child, I had Zoe, my first child. Um, and I said to the wife at the time, I said, look, I'll give it 12 months, 18 months. I'm going to knuckle, knuckle down, train hard, work, obviously, and train hard, stay off, stay at the pubs and stay out at the beers and God knows what, and train really hard and see, see where it goes for the next 12, 18 months. Because um, all my my dream my 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 dream was always just to, just to turn pro, you know, and and I didn't help myself, um, and I admit that I didn't help myself when I was a child, when I was growing up, I didn't help myself at all playing football, 16 to 18 to 19 to 20 to 21. Um, but as soon as I knuckled down, so my daughter came, knuckled down, went to Nuneaton, I had 18 months, 12, 18 months, I had great 18 months, which stood me in good stead, um, had me. Second child, and then I can always remember. I can always remember. I was I was being um, the manager at the time was a, a fellow called John Barton, played for Everton, and really he was a good player. John was um, good manager, um, and he he said there's a lot of, there's a lot of scouts looking at you at the moment. Which at the time I'd scored, I think it was 16 or 17 goals from midfield, mm-hmm. and that was before Christmas. So I was flying. I was I was I was fit as a fiddle. And I was absolutely flying. Um, and uh, there was a few, I, I knew a few scouts have watched and um, been, you know, been around the club, been around me, been around trying to, you know, speak to the manager and the chairman, which they used to do years ago, the way the way it was done. Um, and I can always remember we were playing on a um, Tuesday night down at the West Spindon Police and it was called Tallyo in Birmingham. And it was a, a replay. It was a horrible night. It was absolutely lashing down the rain. It was freezing cold. And John Barton said to me, he said, um, Neil Warnock's down here. Well, Kevin Blackwell was there first. And I knew Kevin. And I'd seen him a couple of times. And he said, Neil Warnock's coming down to have a look at you as well tonight. So, you know, I'd done me warm-up, done me bits and bobs. I remember him getting at this big Mercedes, great um, silver Mercedes with a dog. And he had a long coat on. Game kicked off. He he um he walked from one corner to the top corner behind the goal, walked back down and got in his car and disappeared. By that time, I'd scored. I'd been booked, and I'd put somebody probably in Rosehead in, in a stand somewhere. <laughs> and I he got in the car and went. He got in the car and went. And I thought I'd blown it. Now he he'd gone after say about seven minutes. For 83 minutes, it was the worst game I've ever played football in my life because I thought I'd blown it up. So I just, it was, ah, I went home and was distraught, to be honest with you. I, I was, I, I didn't speak to the wife for 
bloody hell, uh, for a day or so. And then a couple of days later, I had a phone call. I think it was on the Thursday. And it was Neil Warnock rolled me up. He said, um, so and so, would you like to come up on the Saturday? And I think they're Cambridge, you know. I'm sure it's Cambridge, you know, at Old Leeds Road. I think Poovey scored, if I remember rightly. And, um, and I came up with Sarah. We drove up. And bloody hell, it was, it was like fucking the other side of the world. So I had a little old Mondeo at the time. And it was bloody hell, I had brakes like that trying to go up the road. <laughs> it was madness. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's crazy. Um, and I came up on the on the Saturday, watched the game. And there was Mick Jones. who I met Mick Jones first. First of all, he took us to old Johnny's. Had the meal there and whatever. And then went down to the ground at the Leeds Road. Sat in the ground, watched the game. Um, I can't remember the score. I'm, I'm sure Boothie scored. I'm sure it might have been one each or two one. I can't remember. Um, and I went into the bar after, and then Mick Jones came in and obviously said, "Would you like to come in?" So I went into the into the gaffer's dressing room um, in in his um, room at the moment at the time with the with the wife. Um, sat down. He you know introduced himself. Lovely him and Sharon. Sharon was there at the time. His wife now. Um, Mick Jones, Kevin Blackwell. Dave Wilson, the physio, and all people like that was in there, um, and I had a drink, um, and he said, "Would you like to sign?" I said, "Yeah, it, you know, definitely, I'll absolutely hundred million percent, I'll sign." So I shook his hand. I got up and I said, "I've got to drive back to Warsaw. Can I go?" So, you know, I've got to drive back to Warsaw. We've got two children. I drove back, and the next day I had phone call after phone call after phone call. Jerry Francis. Uh, from QPR, there was Bobby Gold from West Brom. It was all phoning me because Neil obviously took the chance and he was the first one to. But they offered major money for me at QPR and they offered me massive, they, oh, a wage that, to be honest with you, it was, it scared me, to be honest with you. It, you know, what, you know, what, what it was in us all, oh, bloody hell. So. But I turned everyone down because I shook Neil's hand and I, I'm not, I'm, you know, that's the way it was. And it was the best thing I ever did, obviously, coming, coming to all this field. But as we say, I, um, I can remember then I came up on the Tuesday, had the medical on the Tuesday, drove back down, came back up on the Thursday, trained on the Thursday afternoon, trained on Friday, got my kit, and I played on the Saturday. How surreal is that? It's madness. Uh, the week before, I played in front of 300 people. 17 rats and 15 squirrels and 600 and seagulls. Madness. And I played in front of, you know, so many thousands then at um, Blackpool. It was fantastic. And as we say, the, the rest is history. But I, like I said, it, it, it was a dream come true. And as soon as, as playing for Huddersfield was, was my life. Still is. But as soon as I left Huddersfield, it became a job then. And I didn't like football as much then as what I did when I was at Huddersfield. Because Huddersfield was my life and it was what I what I wanted to do and, and other field fans were fantastic the group the, la- the people around were brilliant and as soon as I left it it became a job in like any job it becomes boring after a bit and I didn't mm. like it what was it like then going into that squad of players that you know 1993 £55,000 seemed quite a lot of money for a yeah. non-league player then didn't it and you're going into a squad and some fans were a little bit angry about the style of play Neil Warnock had um, yeah you know, it was selling players like you and Roberts, Chris Marsden, etc. Yeah. We, we were kind of like, he was putting his own print on things, but it probably mm. wasn't going quite well at that point. Uh, how, how was it sort of coming into an atmosphere, a kind of a, trans, we'll call it a transitional program, yeah. if you like. What was it like going into that? Obviously, you're, you're high as a kite because you've, you've just turned pro, but mm. yeah. what, what was everyone else like? 
It was difficult. Um, it was it was frightening. Um, but I, I, like I said, I came in on the Thursday enter trainers, Peter Jackson, um, Graham. Oh, I can't think of his name now. Or centre half who's played by Mitchell. Sonny Mitchell. Mitchell and all that. They was they was all the, the old the older type of um, players. Uh, Phil Robinson, all them sort of people was in it. And and I came in and I was I was I had. I had silly haircut. I had sideburns that was right down to the side of my face, if you see what I... And you had the likes of Jacko and people who were mimicking or taking... Not taking... I wouldn't say taking the piss, but laughing, if you can understand. Yeah. But my own character, the way I was, I didn't say nothing, didn't say a word. And when it come to training, it was like Neil had to stop me in the training. He said, what are you doing? Because I smacked Jacko and I smacked Phil Robinson and smacked every just in training. And, and I said, well, that's the way I am. This is the way I am. And after that, I think they, it was, it, it was, it was an eye-opener eye for myself, but I think it was an eye-opener for them, for me coming in. Do you understand that? It was, it was, I think they thought, what the hell's we got here? You know what I mean? And, and, and I just thought, well, you're here now. Don't, don't, don't worry about the imitation is in, in trying to intimidate you and trying to do something different. Just go and do so. what you're good at. And yeah, that's what so. I did. And I just, I trained as, I trained the way I played. And I, I've always said this, I live by the sword and I die by the sword. And that's the way I always have been. And that's the way I always will be. Let's talk about that that season. The league season probably didn't get off to best, but one, one in your first season, let's say there's a special story brewing uh, at Huddersfield Town. Um, the league season, like I say, the league season wasn't going great at the time, but a little unknown, almost unknown at Huddersfield, an, an unheralded competition, if you like, called the Autoglass Trophy, provided <laughs> yeah. us with some some real joy for the first time in, in a long time as a fan. Um, we'll probably pick this up uh, in a game with Preston. Uh, so mm-hmm. Preston North End have come down to the old Leeds Road. Uh, the game's a draw. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the fifth penalty needs Can to be I? taken. Andy Fenson misses for Preston. And uh, you step up as the uh, fifth penalty taker on the day. And we'll talk about Brentford more later on and how that became mm-hmm. a, a familiar slot for you, if you like. But this decision to put yourself forward in the Autoglass Trophy as the fifth penalty taker was that you, or was that more down to uh, the manager at the time? No, that was that was me. I've, I've, I was I was confident. I've, I've always been confident in penalties. I, I always did. I, I hadn't missed up until then. I took a few from Nuneaton and a few elsewhere where I played, and I never missed. So I just thought, well, I'll put myself there. You know, you got you got the likes of the young lads. You know, boozy and people like that. Is fat, their asses fell out, but you know, it was a lot of it was a lot of myself who just said, "Yeah, well, I, that was my character. That's always been my character." I'm, you know, I'm confident of what I do, and if if it if it if it happens, and then so be it. If it doesn't, then that's that's by the by. At least at least you got the at least you had the the bollocks to just say, "Yeah, I'll do it," and then have no ifs or buts and say, "Well, only if I would have done this or I would have done that." But at least I did it. And at the end of the day, if I'd have missed, then I'd have put my hands up. It's my fault, but. Fortunate for us, I didn't. Let, let's take us through that that hot glass run then, because that that Preston game took us into the quarterfinals against mm. Crew. Um, Crew Alexandra at home, we, we won three two. Phil Starbuck scored a couple of couple of bangers mm. in that game, didn't he? Yeah, that's that's right. what he was capable of cutting in from mm. the left. Brilliant. Three two. Uh, that took us through to the next round, and then I think the big one where everybody started believing and where the fans all of a sudden got on board was the Stockport County semi-final. Stockport had yeah. just walloped us pretty much in the league. A couple 5-0, of, was it? 5-0, 4-0? It wasn't pretty, was it? But, no. you know, so we, we made, Neil Warnock made several changes and we went there and um, 
really sort of put it to them, didn't we? A one nil. Yeah, I, a to, one-nil yeah, win. I, yeah. I can't. I, to be honest with you, I, I can't remember really much about the game at Stockport. All I can remember is we did we did put it to them because we had nothing to fear. Because obviously they battered us and they thought it was going to be an easy job. I thought, you know, and there was a lot of people. John Whitney was carrying a cruciate ligament injury. He shouldn't have played. John, he shouldn't have played John Whitney. I always remember that. He, he put cross in for winning goal yeah. as well, didn't he? Yeah, that's right. He, he, cross, yeah. he put it in, and he shouldn't have played. And Neil Warnock made him made him moisten in, in that many injections, and that, and he played. And he shouldn't have played. He had a crucial league. two weeks later. He had to have an operation on crucial, and he didn't play for what eight months. <laughs> Madness. I can remember stuff like that. But you know, it's it's that's that's the likes of John Whitney, Richard Logan, myself. Just people who just come off the street and just wanted to play and wanted to play for the, for the club. And it was, it, we had so much. I know Neil tried, Neil got rid of some very, very good players, Ewan Roberts, uh, Neil Marsden, people like that. But obviously, Neil wanted to set his, like you said, set his own his own standard, his own way in the side. And he got people together who wanted to win. Maybe it was ugly, maybe it didn't, but it, it took us where I think the club needed to go at the time. Mm. As a, as a fan on terraces, you felt that. You, mm. you felt that the players were playing for you rather than rocking up and playing for themselves. That's you right. That they really cared about the, the, the people like us who were on terraces and in stands watching. Oh, you know, do, I, I, I remember that Stockport game. That, mm. I think it was quarter-final, one. it? was Stockport one. Yeah. And uh, I was sat in Stockport in their main stand down that side yeah. thinking, let me keep quiet here so it can get a bit tasty. Mm. And then when we scored, it was... Every side at ground, there were town fans popping up everywhere. <laughs> that, that, that competition had, had grabbed everybody. Yeah. yeah. I'm looking around. You just lose it, don't you? Score, you score a goal in a game like that, you've lost it. And yeah. The more yeah. town fans around me, the more stop for. I've got a good uh, good story about that, Neil, actually. I mm. remember when I when I was I was only sort of a barely a teenager at that point. But when um, I remember going back to the next game before and uh, my uncle, his friend who stood with us, who used to stand with us in the old cow shed. He, he said to me, he said, last week at the Stockport game, I was behind the goal at Stockport and we'd gone 1-0 up and he said, Bully's put someone in the stand and all the Stockport fans are foaming at the mouth, you know, wanting to get at him and shouting all sorts. <laughs> We've got a corner at this end and they're all giving Bully dogs, this is his story, they're all giving Bully dogs abuse. And Darren Bully turns around and looks at them and goes, shh, we're going to Wembley. <laughs> and he said there's a hundred, hundreds of fans go and there's a big push in the Stockport end of they the wanted to get mad they wanted to kill yeah. me yeah absolutely and I thought yeah. it's always stuck with me that as one of my favourite yeah. one of my favourite stories I don't but know if you remember that spelled but... for a few years there it used to get quite taste to be Stockport yeah there, there was there were a lot quite a, quite a lot of niggly games with Stockport and it were it was, yeah it big, big... were niggly on and off pitch to be fair yeah Flinny Flinny Kev France, um, Kevin Francis and all that yeah lot. Andy Pease yeah. I, used to, I, used to, I, I can remember that. I can remember we played the one game in Stockport, and eat and Fenny smacked Boothie up the um, tunnel, and it was. Remember we used to go in the. It's like a little pit, and you'd stop there, and then up like a little yeah. little concrete pathway. Yeah. And that, that Fenny he backhanded Boothie, and we played him again a couple of weeks later, and I had him in the dog end, I had him in the tunnel, <laughs> and I smacked him straight up the main Fenny. He's like, "What's going on here, Boothie?" <laughs> Boothie I can remember Boothie walked past me, and he went. Good lad, bully. I went, whack it. <laughs> that was the end of that line. I said, we're equal now then, kid. Flinny, he was like, oh, I ain't coming near you. I remember that. Boomy, Boomy always say to me, he said, bully, he said, you look after me there. <laughs> but yeah, we used to, we, yeah, the, the things, but yeah, we used to have some niggly games again. It was horrible, horrible, horrible people. They, some of them, they, oh, they, the, the, 
it didn't bother me, but some people, when they used to speak to Boothy or say Romney Rowe or Chris Billy, and I used to think, oh, what are you talking to them like? They're them kids, like, you know, and it was horrible, but it was part and parcel of growing up, really part and parcel of being a man and playing football. And that's sometimes you had to take that. And that was I the think way the it difference was. Because of where you'd come from, football yeah. wise, that wouldn't have phased you. Nah, I loved that. The, you know, the better, yeah, the more the better. League and what have you, were, you know, yeah. the, more, the nigglier, the better. Yeah, fact, hundred percent fact. That or any, the, the stronger they are, the, the more people. I say, well, keep coming. We'll keep bouncing off each other. Brilliant. We'll move on to the the Northern Area Final, and you scored your first goal at, at Leeds Road. I always remember that that header, yeah. and Tony yeah. Keg pushes it, doesn't he? And then can't quite yeah. get to it, and then you're celebrating with the the, the clap. Arm, yeah, the, yeah, the clap. Yeah. <laughs> um, can you remember what those two legs were like? Yeah, it, was like it was like almost like the easy <laughs> chant, wasn't it? Yeah. The wrestling kind of thing. What what were those two games like? Because we've gone in four one. Ian Dunn, oh. Ian Dunn's put us four one up. Phil Star- that goal by Phil Starbucks, one of the best goals I've ever seen yeah. live. It's, it's unreal. Stand and then up. and then they go two 0 up in the in the second leg. What what were those two games like to play in? Um, I think the first game. I think I think I think we we thought we had done enough, and we went up to up to up, up there thinking uh, we just got to turn up and we we beat these anyway, and obviously. Their fans got right behind them and before we knew it, it was 2 0 down and backs against the wall. And I remember, I remember rightly, I was on a booking, I was one booking away from getting suspended. And Neil was like saying to me, don't, you know, and I, and I, I'd done the, well, I, I, I'd gone through the lad on, and I got stretched off, but it, I wasn't injured. I thought, oh, that's it, because he, he just set me up. The referee would have booked me like, and I can remember going through the lad and thinking, oh, God, I'm done now. I'm, and I saw it lay down. The kid was at Polax. I was Polax. It looked as though he clashed. They clashed against each other. And and I got on the stage and then I went past and I winked at Neil. He looked at me. He was like, that. "Oh my God, what have you just done?" <laughs> I was like, <laughs> "I remember that." Because people said I wasn't even injured. And I thought, "Fuck, please, please," because I was like, "Oh, I was like really complaining." Oh, well, don't get me off. I really feels bad. I said I broke something. This that, any of it. So they got the stretcher off. And by the time that referee and didn't realise he could give me a card, so I was gone. So Walter looked at me and just freaked his eye. He went, "You fuck, what have you done?" I was like, "Brilliant." And that's why after the game, you look at me and he was shouting and that. Oh, crazy. But the, the, for him to play as well, 10 minutes, was it? Nine or 10 minutes injury time? Yeah, 11 I, can t- I can tell you how that game felt as a fan. Horrible. Oh, Horrible. I bet you. I bet you it did. <laughs> I bet you. To be honest with you, it must, you know, you, you, you just want to be, like, I can remember thinking, oh, I've probably blown this, I've probably done this. this way. And I felt physically sick in the dressing room. And I was going, well, how long's left? They said it, and, it, and it was about eight to ten minutes, and I was like, "So what you must have thought?" And as, as fans, I felt I, 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 you know, it's the worst. It's the worst feeling I've ever felt in football for, for that yeah. ten minutes, yeah. you know. And I was, I, I, I was begging myself, I was pleading, please, 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 please blow the whistle because Neil would, have, Neil would have <laughs> sacked me. <No. laughs> well, well, the referee were just trying to. Give him as much time as humanly possible to get. Yeah, him, get, I think you know, I, yeah, time. He, yeah. I, it, yeah. They, Neil was saying, and he was saying, just, just, after the game, bloody hell, he wanted he wanted them to fucking score, didn't he? And I was like, yeah, yeah we also. But at the end of the day, like I said, he blew the whistle, and then the, the celebrations yourselves after in the celebrations, and then seeing the queues the next day or the next couple of days for the for the tickets was unreal. It was it was it was scary that. I, I, I believe me, you know, to this day. In fact, it might, it might have even been Dunny when you were on here. That the, the, one of the parts of 
getting to Wembley, one of the biggest buzzes for me, one of the biggest memories, were queuing for about four or five hours to get a ticket. And the buzz in that queue yeah. were un- unreal. You know, we're queued, that's what we'd have killed for days. Didn't matter how yeah. long it took, we'd have killed for that's, days. That's that's I can I can remember coming coming to training, and I I was I, I was I'm I'm a supporter. I'm yeah. part of I'm you lot. I'm, I've always had been. I, I I was lucky enough to play for the club and pull pull the pull the great shirt on, and I was you know, I'm honoured and pleasured to do that. But I was support supporter, and that 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 few days queuing up for them tickets made me realise how passionate and how fantastic the fans are at, at the town. That's what sucked me into it. I went, whoop, yeah. I was sucked. I was up line, up line and singing from there on. Madness. Really? 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 Being so much success though, Bully. And uh, I remember that Carlisle game, I'll remember it because you were celebrating at final whistle. I was running back like you were saying, Bob, there were loads of trouble. <laughs> we were getting chased, me and my dad, by oh, yeah. Carlisle fans. It were, it were chaos, mate. They were I would have loved to have been with you. <laughs> <laughs> I would have loved to be with you. I would have loved to be with you. I love it. Come on, let's have some. I would have been on that. We would have went me piss off. Brilliant. Madness. Madness. Yeah. That'd be amazing with your boots over your shoulder as well, right? Yeah, no, I've been throwing your boots. Come on, whack. Zero fucks given. Let's have it. Fucking right. Let's have some. <laughs> <laughs> hey mate, I'll have a black eye in the morning, but we're still going to Wembley now. Yeah, we're still going to Wembley, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, great. Brilliant. So what was the build apart from the the queues and everything? What was the build up like? The excitement going to Wembley. Oh, scary. As, as, as fans, it was just. It, it was. It was from. It was from the. It was the fans, the kit man, the groundsman, the people in the offices doing the ticket. It was. It was. It was like a. It was like a, a carnival party atmosphere. Every day, yeah, well. and it was you. You look forward to going to training. You look forward to going into dressing. You look forward to doing presentations for, and it was just like a party atmosphere. Look, well, for me, it, it, it was like the, the old the old town uh, come alight. You know what I mean? It, it was like somebody switched on the light, and the old town was all bright and everything. And it was it was fantastic. Well, then what uh, did uh, what were the training like coming up to it? Were there a lot of I'm not going to get my place. Did Neil kind of use it to? Yeah, he did. He did, and he didn't. You know, he. he I think. I think. Um, he, he did to a certain point. He. he you know, you, you still had to earn your place. You still. There, there wasn't never going to be any any like complacency. If you can understand, and he he was never going to say, "Well, you you've automatically got your your place." No, no. I even me and I was because if I, I was struggling because we played. I think we played at Cardiff. About three, four weeks before the Wembley um, final, and I done me medial ligament, and I was struggling to get back fit. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. <laughs> Just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. Cosy, what, what's your favourite away day? Matt, it's got to be the city ground at Nottingham. Just old school stadium, you're right near the pitch, great atmosphere. But there's nothing like playing at home. 
Same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. And I come back fit. I I I was I was training on myself. I was training two or three times a day, trying to trying to get fit, trying to get my leg right, trying to get the and and unfortunately, like I did, I, I I started the game, but it was it was I was kidding myself, but you know. But at the end of the day, you know, as we as as we say, coming onto the game, like you know, we it was fantastic leading up to the game and the fans, everything was just different. It was it was it was just like a party atmosphere. Tell us about the game then, because there's there's twenty seven thousand Huddersfield oh. fans wrapped around Old Wembley with the twin towers. You you walking out, Neil Warnock's leading the teams out. We've seen. Videos as you're growing up of FA Cup finals yeah. and Shankly and all sorts yeah. of famous names, yeah. you know, guiding people out. What's it like to sort of, or did you ever stand there in the middle of the field and look up and, and, and look around and think, it's if, amazing if, to be here? Um, to be honest with you, going down, we stayed at the hotels and had our suits done and God knows what. Obviously, leading up to the game. Um, you know, it was all the family even looking around, to see if your family wherever your family were and whatnot. And most of the game well the first I think after about like I was saying previous about when I'd done my medial um, about three or four weeks before and um I came back too early and it was my own fault and I want I thought I'll never be able to play at Wembley again. You know, and I thought I'm fit, I'm fit, I'm right. And I kidded myself to be honest with you. And I admit and I, I even said to Neil, I said I'd done it after about 10 minutes into the game and I wasn't right. You could see, you could see in the game, I wasn't right. I was never, I was never, I was taking, making a token gesture to try and get there or to try and make a tackle. I was never right in. He bought me off at half time, which looking back in it and on side was the right decision for him and for me. But I went mad. I absolutely went, I said, I'm, I said, I was going to kill him. I was going to kill Neil. <laughs> and, um, and I said, I'll never play football for Huddersfield again. I remember that. So we went back to we went back to uh, the hotel up on well I can't think what it's called it's closed down now up by New Mill it was an hotel there I can't think what it's called we went back there on the after the game um, after the game we obviously we lost on what we did on penalties and whatnot and I I didn't speak to him I didn't speak to him in the dressing room I didn't speak to him on the on the coach didn't went back to the hotel got in my car and went home and didn't speak to him didn't want to know him. I said I'll never play football for Huddersfield again because I was I was hurt, but it was it was the best thing he ever did for me to be honest with you. Because if I'd have carried on, I'd have made myself look even even more of a silly fool to be honest with you. And um, and we didn't. And I think if I remember, we lost. And I don't know if we we had Cambridge away on the, in the midweek, mm. and he chucked me straight back in. And I and I, he said, "How's your knee?" And I said, I, "He said I need you to play." I had an injection. I remember having an injection. I played, and 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 I had a chat with him after the the Cambridge game. We played away, and he said, "I need you to be here. I need you to be right." He said, "I need you to get your head back on," and I did. I listened to him, and we got through the season, and that and it was the best thing I ever done because, you know, like I said, leaving Huddersfield became once 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 I went to Swindon and Bury and wherever I went, it became a job. It was never. It was, it, was, it was something that I just didn't enjoy doing, you know. As soon as I, I wish to this day, my it was my own fault. Why I, I left Huddersfield, but at the end of the day, it was my own fault. I held my hands up, nobody else. 
and it was the biggest biggest regret I ever did was I wish I was still there I wish I really do it makes, it makes me want to fit up at times because I love Huddersfield and I love being there and I love I want to I want to be part of that club still even though I am in wow. my own way and your your ways I still am but yeah. I need to be there you know that's mm. that's I need to be there and I've spoke to Boovy about this and we've we've had many chats about it and it's just it's just it ain't just a club it's my heart it's my home it's my life it's my you know and I need that I think it's, as, a, as a fan, you could you, you got that from as I've said earlier on from from the terraces. You, you can, it's easy to associate with a player mm. who clearly <clears throat> gives a shit. So, yeah. Sort of a player's own. You can tell they care. Oh man. You, you can tell that what you're feeling is what mm. they're feeling. Mm. They've got the chance to affect it on on the pitch. Yeah. And as a fan, it's it's just so easy to get behind players like you because yeah, that you care. I thank you for that. I thank you for that. But like I said, at the end of the day, my soon as soon as putting that, uh, I was honoured in through the shirt I always have been. And as soon as I put that shirt on, it was we had to win at all costs. And sometimes the cost cost me, cost the club, or whatever. But I think I had more more happy memories than I did sad there. Yeah, bully, and, one, yeah. one one amazing memory, and and one thing that's really you know similar to you. One thing that's very close to Huddersfield Town Hearts as well is um, is Leeds Road. You know, sort of yeah. fans of a certain age. And what was it like as well? Sort of, it's twenty six years the other day. You know, since mm. we since we moved to the new stadium. Yeah. What was it like? What were the emotions like? So we, we, you know, it's leaving Huddersfield is obviously very emotional, and and we'll we'll talk about that a bit more as well. But what what's what was it like playing in the last game at Leeds Road? There's a lot of emotion. I was, I think, twelve ish, thirteen or so at the time, and. It, it, it probably didn't dawn on me at that moment how big a deal that was. Probably more so for Neil and Cosy. But what was it like as a player? Do you know to sort of you're entrenched in this football club now? What was it like yeah. to to move to move from a a place of such history and players such as yourself, Boothy, You know, the latter mm. later, but before that, Dennis Law, Frank Worthington, mm. Trevor Cherry. You know those yeah. but, those players. But, yeah, I, but what you got to understand is I hadn't been at the club that long, so. The history of I knew about the history of, the, of Leeds Road, and it was great. And, and the people that had been there have a lot longer than myself and the fans. Yeah, it was. It, you could you could sense the the dejection. You could sense the sadness. You could sense the joy that we're going through it because everything's going to move forward. You know, they couldn't they couldn't set a like make a new new ground around that ground. If you couldn't understand, they had to we had to make a new ground. And for, for for those sort of fans that have been there many, many years, and I've seen a couple of videos, and it, it choked me the other day. I was and I I put on their heartwarming a few of the things. And it must it must have been so 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 heartbreaking and so sad for some people to move from seeing seeing the things that's happened at that Leeds Road ground. You know, that like I said, I only played there for half a month, not not even a season. And you know, but it, it you I could sense the, the, the sadness that they people were feeling that the enjoyment that, that we were moving to another ground that that was for myself because obviously but the but the you know the the history that the club had there must you know it must it must have shocked a lot of people to the core moving but like you said times times move on and times changing you know to move forward you gotta you know you gotta you gotta better yourself and better things and like I said the ground was 
yeah, we had a great history, great thing, but it was it was an old it was an old ground, wasn't it? You know, you couldn't really, you know, and it's it's sad. <laughs> you know, it's sad. To be honest with you, it'd been it'd have been great. This is I I always said this, it would have been great if they could have moved to a new ground and left the ground there just as a like a museum for people yeah. just to go around. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, for old people just to go around and have a look yeah, and say, yeah. "Oh, I want to go over there and just have a look and take your kids and say, this is what happened here, this is what happened there." Yeah. But yeah. Better than Fully or uh, what else is there? But the DFA, yeah. Mm. You still see that little there uh, centre circle where Dennis Law like yeah know, ball and stuff. But yeah, I remember being gutted to but but yeah, you know it. Next season we're going to be an unbelievable season, eh? Yeah. Let's let's I'm talk about the, the new stadium then, Bully. What was it like moving to this new stadium? I imagine the, the facilities were a lot better at the new stadium. And we just, at the end of that previous season, gone on a great run. The Autoglass Trophy took us on a yeah. great run. It, mm. uh, despite losing that final, we were, we were able to use the money to sign players like Pat Scully and Tom Cowan. And yeah. you'd made the central midfield place your own at that yeah. point alongside Richard Logan. Um, mm. Do you think the Autoglass Trophy was maybe a catalyst for that amazing run at the start of the next season? And, and what was it like to play in that new stadium as well when it's all shiny and new and, and very unique at that point in football? Yeah, I, I, I do. I, I agree. Um, it was a catalyst for us to move forward. You know, and the, 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 the facilities, because at the old ground, you know, you go in, you, when you're in the dressing room, you had the few showers, you had the, th- you had the physio room, but you had, remember, you had the big communal bath. And it was it was like it was it was about four foot high and it was about twenty foot wide of a square and it was full up full right to the brim, boiling hot waters and you love getting in there after a game though. And but but then they, they we went to the new ground and it was all hygiene and everything with AIDS if I remember rightly, HIV then come in. So you had to have single baths in single showers. You couldn't have a big communal bath. You know what I mean? So it was all set up that it was, there was different baths, different showers, different cubicles, and it was it was it was it was different, and it was a, it was a basically a, a step forward, and you had to move forward in, i.e., with with facilities, with training grounds, with how you what you you know you 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 got all this now where you can sit and eat and you got canteens and all that. It was not there was there was you grab a sandwich after the game. That was it. The old Leeds Road and go lot or whatever. It was it was all set up differently and it was good. Don't get me wrong. It's what what we needed in it and I think it pushed it pushed the lads on a little you know firmer and and, and we believe where what Neil's what he put together at the at the time coming up for that following season and um, for the next probably eighteen months was the start of a good good run for us and a good side. If I remember, we 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 you know we did have a good side and we we had a camaraderie together which was. You know, if one goes, we all goes. And at the end of the day, that's it. Simple. What was it like going toe-to-toe with Birmingham City that season, seeing as I think your family are Birmingham City fans, aren't yeah. they? So what, <laughs> yeah. what was it like in the in the Bullock households with uh, you at Huddersfield and them uh, and Birmingham? Because they had a good side as well, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, they did have a good side, Birmingham, I must admit. But I, I seem to remember I scored more goals against Birmingham than I, probably I did in the league. Any, any time I scored, probably about five times against Blues. Well, yeah, I, I can really, yeah. I don't. I didn't care to be honest with me. Old man and my brother and that Birmingham supporters, and they was like going mad. And I should just tell them just this off. I said, "I'm playing for the town. I'm scoring against your bollocks, dear." That was it. <laughs> but um, I can remember we was um, we when we played them at St Andrews, and and I got the old man um, some tickets, and I put it. <laughs> unfortunately, I put him in the. Um, he, he had tickets for the Birmingham end, and I scored. 
and he jumped up in the Birmingham end when I scored and I was going to fill him in and he said no I'm a Bruno's I'm a Bruno's <laughs> so I can remember stuff like that yeah and I used to have some banter with my old man and this and the other because it's just it's just me dad and me brother me me um, brother-in-law the family his family and that they all support Birmingham they used to be mad at me it's absolutely mad. Oh, I used to love it. I just love scoring against the Blues. I absolutely loved it. And I used to, do you know, when you go down like a Cheshire cat after on the, the next few days down into Buster, and they'd be like that, they'd be throwing stuff at me. And I'll say, Dad, where's my dinner? He'd say, it's in the moon. <laughs> stuff like that. But yeah, it was, it was, it, but it was, it was, it was banter, but it was good banter as well. Yeah. Isn't it that, that, up until I think sixteen, seventeen, you know, the the promotion to the Premier League, ninety four, ninety five was my favourite season yeah. by by a long way. It was it was amazing, the characters yeah. and everything. And some of the results there as well, winning away at Bradford four three, beating Brentford yeah. at home and Brighton three nil. I remember Steve Foster with the headband for, yeah. for Brighton as well and, and dispatching them. It, it was we came very close, didn't we? That that mm-hmm. season we were top sort of going into April and then just yeah. fell away. Did we just run out of steam a little bit with a few, uh, Yeah, oh. I think injuries and I think I think injuries and and, and and I think I think we had a little bit of a, a lean and a bad bad spell at the wrong time for us. And it in and, and once you hit that little even in any sport, once you hit that flat spot, it's very hard to get you get the get the motor start running again and get it and get them wheels start back into into motion. But you know, um, we we had a good character in Neil the gaffer. He was you know, people a lot of people a lot of people miss misperception about the bloke. Um, his man management is fantastic, and the way to win, the will to win, and the will to get things right is unreal. And the and the things he does off the, off off the pitch in a, away from training is is scary. Things he does is is like the amount of time he puts in and effort he puts in, whether wherever he goes, I, I, I would would imagine, obviously with his CV the way it is. But, um, he's not been lucky, has he? Let's be honest. He's just mm. worked hard and he's, he's bloody good at what he does. Yeah, he, he gets a fucking job done, doesn't he, at the end of the yeah. day? And yeah. and at the end of the day, no disrespect, I say this to a lot of people. Boovy, me and Boovy spoke about this last year. And to be honest with you, one of set the thing, set the ball in motion for Unsfield. For he set it off. And it, it was just, it's just been a rolling on effect to, to get where they wanted to be the last couple of seasons. In the Premiership, and it, it's just been a knock-on effect from '94, '95 onwards. It's been a knock-on effect, and it's just it's it's it put it's put it in motion. It's put it, in, you know, it it took time, but we've been there. In in and people should people. Should, I am. I'm I'm honoured and I'm proud to be part of that history. I always have been. I always will be to the day I die. And people like the fans like yourselves have got to be. Have sometimes got to take a take a. a a pat on the back for yourselves because if it isn't for you lot because I always say it, I, I've been around in football I've been around I've been a lot lot of places and I've never seen more passionate more genuine fans than understood and I mean that from the bottom of my heart not because anybody's here I mean it it is unreal you do not realise what you do when you're on that pitch what you can hear what, what you sense when you're off the pitch scary absolutely scary You know, it was an honour and a pleasure to do that I mean that brilliant so everybody's down a little bit, you know, because we, we were top, mm. weren't we? And then Birmingham came and beat us on the yeah. last game of the season. And um, uh-huh. less, we'll talk less about that. You know, you let your yeah. dad talk about that. But oh, bollocks to him. How did the manager lift you then for those playoffs? 
you know, how just... um, I don't. You, you you don't need lifting. You don't need lifting for playoffs. You don't. If you do, you shouldn't be in the game. You know, it's part and parcel. Like like Neil said, it's a job. We got to do a job now. It's not a fucking. It's not a. It's you know, we 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 got to do a job here. And like I said, we were awful. And I thought we were awful. The home leg, we were awful. We were fucking diabolical. And we managed to scrape a draw. And like I said, going in that, going in the dressing room at the end of the game, they were laughing and they're joking. Um, Nicky Foster and Martin Granger, is it? Granger, the I left back, up, yeah. yeah. the left back. I had him up the throat in the top dressing room thing. Like, <laughs> but they was laughing. But it was, it was, it was, it was. I was frustrated because I knew we we were poor that day. But they were laughing. And 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 what Neil said to us, he said, "Listen to him. That's all he had to do." Same yeah, it fucking just went. We went on bang. We went into training on the Monday, and we just went fucking bang bang. You know, there was a different. You could sense that there was that bump back we had six, seven, eight weeks before. And I was like, oh, here we go. You know what I mean? And and we went down there, and like I said, it was game on. Right. Yeah, the FT index they used to call um, Forster yeah. and Taylor. I, f- I remember yeah. that the other day after yeah. I spoke to Donny. The FT index. Yeah. Um, right. So that game against Brentford, it's such a, it's a war, isn't it? It's an attritional battle mm-hmm. out there you know it's it's an incredible game a few chances mm-hmm. i think the best you watch the highlights and the best chances are, are more talented yeah we should have won it to be fair yeah, in fact, chris billy chris billy and every every step that one with his foot there don't he, yeah. he just clipped it and went around the post I, I was begging for that to go in but in a way i'm glad it didn't because i was called the winner of the penalty <laughs> <one>. so, <laughs> tell, tell us one thing then but the, the game goes to penalties yeah. pat scully pat scully misses but steve francis makes two great saves and, he, yeah. and it's down to you you're, yeah. jog, you're jogging towards the penalty spot. You place the ball down, you turn around, and then on the halfway line, you see Ronnie Jepson, Lee Duxbury, Ian Dillon, yeah. all clenched fists like this. Ready come, to run. Come on. That is. Behind them are a couple of thousand Huddersfield fans jumping up and down in expectation behind, you know, in that, yeah. in that, in that goal. Having, seen, having just seen Jamie Bates miss and the look of horror on his face that washes mm. over him, it's... it's yeah. I know I'm a Huddersfield fan, but when I see Jamie Bates turn around, it's such a horrible. It was, a, it was yeah. It's superb. I loved yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, yeah. I, 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 to be honest, with you, I can't say too much on it because if the missus would have been, around, I shot me bolt. I did twice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was the end of me. I was going. I was going. Fucking come on. <laughs> I was going to ask you. He's going to take it home, not me. Yeah. I was gonna, I was going to ask you what was going through your head, but I feel like I should ask you what's going through your pants now. But yeah, that's what he was getting. <laughs> no, let's let let, let me give, let me give you the story now, Royce. Let me give you a story. Leading up to leading on the before we went down to Brentford, travelled down to Brentford. Right, we took penalties. We had penalties uh, um, competitions between the lads and one up said, right, then boys, this is who's going to take this if it goes to penalties. Right, so who's, who's going to take the first five? <laughs> right, now listen to this. Me and Lee Dogsbury, Lee Dogsbury was down for number five. I was down for number four. We got it fucked up. We got it all the way wrong, wrong way round. And I said, if that's the truth, Lee Dogsbury was supposed to take the fifth one. I was going to one. Um, so we get down there, and I, and, and I looked at Dogs, and he goes, what are you doing? He said, I'm taking the fourth. I said, what are you doing? He said, fuck that. He, that was true. He said, I'm taking the fifth. No way. He said, you can. <laughs> so, so, <laughs> so if you look at the video, you, when he's, take, he's walked up and you look at the video when he's sending back, you can see me behind 
Ronnie Jeffs and Chris Billy, and I'm pacing, walking side to side, thinking, oh, oh, what's shit. happening here? <laughs> if you have a look at it, and it was the true fact that I was supposed to yeah. take the fourth one, and Lee, Lee Duxbury bottled it, and he took the fourth, and, I, and he put me down for the fifth, the shit bag. So <laughs> and that that was the true fact, that was. It worked and, out um, like that. Was, <laughs> obviously, obviously, like I said, I went down, uh, I'm walking down, all I've done is, like I've done in, you see it in the, in the Preston game, I've just run and smashed it. And that's all I've done. I've, I've gone up, I've got a crowd behind me, and fucking cheering and whatever. And I'm thinking, ah, oh, fuck this, bollocks. So I just put it down. I walk back, send the referee. And he, as I'm looking at the referee, he's blew the whistle. And as he blew, I just turned running into it. Lucky enough, I've hit it strong enough because he got a decent hand to it. Where we are, I were in lower tier behind yeah. goal at other end. And obviously, view took goal at other end from their shit. Yeah. So you think initially, oh, I saved it. And you get that. It was, it was it was mad because you get that audible sink and then that then that instant <laughs> oh, no, and, it's crazy. and the I, place just went. Oh, t- I'll tell you what, yeah. I've never apart from my two children being born, I've never been so happy in my life. And 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 it was it's a feeling that I cannot explain. Or you can't explain that feeling. Now nah, the emotions for you, for myself yeah. and for you lot, it was oh I just I just and after the game and they're getting the dressing room and on the coach it was. It was crazy, but then it hit me after the game. I became a fucking shivering wreck for about twenty minutes. I was all over the fucking place, you know. So it it, it, it hit me after the end because because of the, the such magnitude of the of the penalty and what it what it what it could have done as well for it, the club and where we've been the year before and we can go back and do it do it again and hopefully, obviously win the win instead of losing at Wembley, which was which was you know and, and then it hit me then I realised. All of a sudden, I thought, you know, I've already missed that. I could let a fucking lynch me in all the field. <laughs> I've got one question, one question for you, Bully. Can you still walk on your hands? Yes, I can. <laughs> yes, I can. What? Not far now. Not far, because I'm carrying about four stone heavier than what I should have do. <laughs> so I'll probably break my wrists. What, what, what? I can barely walk on my bloody feet, never mind me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's me at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> What, uh, what were the celebrations like then? Because we've seen the videos; it's amazing. Oh. There's people shirts off into the crowd. Oh. There's you on your hands. Tom Cowan's on Chris Billy's shoulders. Neil Warnock yeah. clapping Brentford fans. Ronnie Jepson's all over the place. Oh, yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was absolutely surreal. It was, it was crazy. It was an absolute madness. Like I said, getting in the dressing room after, and he's got some videos of when we were in there and Mick Jones saying, what's the problem? What we all worried about and getting on the champagne yeah. and stuff like that. Fine. Yeah. And I was drinking the champagne, going all over, but I'll get in the shower after. It all calmed down and get in the shower after. And I was I was struggling for half an hour. And even, I can remember the gaffer speaking to me and saying, you all right? And I was like, oh. and he said, madness. And, it, madness. and I said, it, it's frightening that a little bit. It's frightening me. I don't normally get frightened and shit on me, but it frightened me a little bit. But it, lucky enough, it, it it was only looking back. It won't. If you look at that it. journey, though, bully. If you if you go back from that to you know eighteen months before you played non-league football for Nuneaton, madness. And, I, and, and now you've just scored a penalty to send a team to a playoff final, which madness. You know, mental. That that is it's right rubber stuff, isn't it? Yeah, of course it is. And it, like I said, and this is what I say to my my wife and my family and my children and my grandchildren. At the end of the day, I've got something that nobody could ever do. I've got memories. I've got memories of shit like that that nobody could ever take that away from me and away from the, this, 
the supporters and us, yeah, everybody luckily, else. Luckily, we shared most of them were brilliant. Yeah. Do you know what Fucking... I remember from that, from that Brentford one at the end of it? And you can see it on video after, but where we were in lower tier, all players came over to the side at goal and they all started singing to Paul Reid in top. Yeah, he, he broke his, he'd done yeah. his, he'd done his knee. He broke his ankle on his knee or something, hadn't he? Yeah, he'd done his knee and he, 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 he was unfortunately done his knee in about, about two weeks before. Yeah. yeah, I can remember. I remember. This. Do you see the bloke? Well, it's stubborn. It's sort of really. He's about fucking twenty-five stone, man. He's got a shirt off. He looks like Roly Poly gone wrong, man. Yeah. He used to. He used to. Like, I said um, to Paul Reed, I said that makes you look fit. That that, <laughs> that guy. <laughs> yeah, fucking hell. Yeah, yeah, but the, the emotions and the oh, scary. Absolutely. I, I wish. I wish. I, I wish I could bottle it up and use it, but you yeah. can't. So you go on home and you sit in your room and you think now when. And how am I ever going to get away from this? And now you know. Come let your hair down. Tonight we will walk these streets. I used to walk them alone. Now we will
Lads, what's your favourite 90th minute goal? Got to be Heffley against Leeds. A shot from Moy and sliding in at the death, Michael Heffley. Great finish to the game. Shared with my family, only made better by ordering McDonald's via McDelivery afterwards. Three points, not nugget share box, spot on. Order McDelivery now by the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver-assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times.